0: I don't care who they put in there at tackle. They got to deal with us. You
1: go out, you fly ball, we hit them in the mouth. Hit them in the mouth like they ain't never been hit before. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, I don't even know your name, but you know mine. It's the T.C. Martin Show. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare chested. Somebody stop well, that! Now
2: man. here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him! Here comes they come the blue coats!
1: The oh, and they tackle him at the 40 yard line! Diagnosis. They suck, so I don't need to be out of game plan. Prognosis. I'll knock you out! Osmosis.
2: All I know is, you mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know!
1: It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. When you get
2: on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray! The doctor is now in.
0: Oh, yo. All oh, that screaming!
2: It is a Football Friday. Inside the Westgate Las Vegas, inside the world-famous SuperBook, TC Martin, Jay Cornegay, the VP of Sportsbook Operations here at the SuperBook. Mike Tice will be joining us momentarily, the former head coach, and we got best bets coming your way with Trevor Maddich and more. Go to the website tcmartshow.com. All the best bets up there, including our professional handicappers and Marco D'Angelo, Scott Spritzer. Gilby, the intern; Trevor, manage myself, and the coach as well. Too Jay Cornegay still hanging with us for a, a little bit, my friend, trying to figure out his plans for the night. We got Golden Knights in action. Yep, coming off a loss to the L.A. Kings. Back-to-back losses now. Exactly, two losses in a row. One at home, one on the road, and then another night's back uh, home tonight. Big bounce back. Is that what you're thinking?
3: Uh, I think so. Even though the uh, you know everybody was talking about how bad the Sharks were. I mean they lost 1 to 10, then 2 to 10, and now wait, they put back back I've never wins. heard anybody
2: say 1 to 10, 2 to 10. Wait, that's not a thing. What are you talking about? 1 wait, to 10, I'll, 2 to I'm 10. When I'm
3: talking about a team, I always announce their score first. You think this is soccer? Is that what you think? International soccer? I've been watching a lot of soccer lately.
2: It's 10 to 2 or 10 to or 9 to 1. Come on, man. 1 to 10, <laughs> 2 to 10. Okay. Wait. <laughs> That, that, now, Mike Tice is a big horse racing guy. I could yeah. see a, a, maybe a one to nine shot. Well, in there a big you horse go. Horse racing. Well, it's okay. I, it's, it's okay on the track, then. Is that what you're that's, saying? That's that's a proper terminology, right?
3: <laughs> is that the deal? It's like I know. I don't, I don't know why I said that. Well, the reason why I said that because I looked up the scores and it had one to ten, yeah. two to ten, and I said that to somebody else you earlier did. today because they did. They oh get they got hammered. Yeah, outscored. Twenty to three. Is that better? Um, That's proper English. And then they just, <laughs> and then they just won two in a row. They beat Philly. Yeah. All right. And right. then they just beat the Oilers last night. Ooh. Last night. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So they're coming off, you know, uh, a back. Well, they're they're yeah. right in the midst of a back to back game night, and that always. Helps the, the, you know, the opponent. So pe- I, I expect the Knights to win by. And everyone's going to say
2: the Knights aren't going to lose three in a row. The Niners yeah. aren't going to lose three in a row. Oh, oh they yeah. did. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right?
2: But so I, huge line tonight.
3: So, yeah. Big, big. Like 5 dollars five fifty.
2: Lay a puck and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but. You'll be following it, but you'll be betting on the Rebels. You, you and I are going to go minus three. Yeah,
3: there it is. Minus three. We're laying minus three The tonight. total's dropped down. at the Rebel game. It went from 50, 15 and a half down to 49 now. Uh, I don't care for Wyoming's quarterback.
2: No? No. Josh Allen's not there anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Cowboy Joe? Cowboy Joe. I okay. Don't know. All right, my friend. We'll let you. Oh, get, we'll okay. let you get
3: back to work. I'm going to hand it okay. over to Coach here. Yeah, and, uh, there it is. Yeah, good the, seeing you.
2: The water boy hands weekend. over to the coach. Oh, yeah. You yeah. said you had plenty, plenty of positions. What was your position? For what? For football. What was your position?
3: Oh well, I was the uh, slot back. The slot. I, back. We had a. We ran a robust offense, which was the old. So uh, um, triple State. option. Oh, oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Coach Hayes. That's he used to run the bow. Yeah, the 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 robust. Uh, yeah, offense, and I was the slot back. Those little counters. Yeah, they couldn't see me, so I'd go right up the middle. And they, so you, they you were and the West
2: Welker, West Welker, the uh, Colorado State.
3: No, I was more like uh, Glenn Milburn. <laughs> Glenn Milburn, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What, what no, I see that you wear like a number 18 or a 19 uh-huh. or something like that. I re- I return punts. Yeah. What was yeah. your number? I never fumbled a punt. Oh. That was my good. claim. I always was very proud of it. I fumbled, yeah. but not on a punt. How was your fair catch <laughs> sign?
2: Huh? How was that fair catch sign? You ever use it? Uh, oh, I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't you, think, back yeah. in those days? No, we it didn't. Fair we didn't. I that.
3: I let it bounce a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Sir. Sure.
2: All right, that's speedy. That's good.
3: All right. I'm going to turn it over to Mike here.
2: There you go. <laughs> turn the mic over to Mike. Jay Cortega, our guy here, and get over here to the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. And remember, the deadline for the Super Contest reboot, 3 p.m. tomorrow, $500, the second half of the season. So you start off 0-0 zero and zero, uh, with the uh, reboot coming your way tomorrow. All right? That's uh, starting from week 10 to about. To, uh, to the rest of the season. Appreciate Jay Cornegate for joining us. Trevor Match will join us at the bottom of the hour for, for uh, best bets, but right now the head coach joins us. Mike Tice, wearing his purple and gold today. <laughs> What's going on, Coach? What's up, my
1: brother? How you doing?
2: I was, I was. Uh, you were in St. Louis. You were traveling, man. Oh, I've you're, been. You're too, back here.
1: Too busy. I'm here till December 12th, so that, I'm in town for quite a while. Oh,
2: that's great. So that means I get some food uh, this, between
1: now and then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, not
2: one, but I got two dinners coming. I think,
1: I think next week might be a little rough with the race. Yeah, forget but that. After I'm escaping. Race. yeah. Are you? Are be, you oh, you won't
2: be here. I'm out, baby. Going back to Sacramento.
1: I got my uh, daughter flying in Tuesday with my granddaughter, and It's my son-in-law, and I bought them tickets for Christmas. For f Yeah. Wow. That had to set I'm you back. I'm a good dad, right? That had to set you back. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> 11,000 oh. freaking dollars. I hope you know somebody. Well, I got four tickets for the three-day package. My wife and I are going to go to a practice run. Wow. And then, uh, and then we got another group of... But there's six of us, so we got to figure out four each day. The main thing is the race. My yeah. daughter, her husband, my son, his wife are going to the race. Okay. And we got the grandkids. Yeah, you're ready Oh, I'd rather have the grandkids than go where, to the race. W- no kidding. Where are the seats at? Right on Harmon. Okay. So I live in Southern Highlands, yeah. so I wanted the closest access to the race from my house. I hope figured we're gonna it's going to be chaos. Off. You can't I'm park. getting dropped off. they got the uh, Uber... Drop-off looks like it's going to be at the paddock, which is a walk, not that bad, right down Harmon. So when you come off of Las Vegas Boulevard and they start firing... Down that last straightaway, yeah. we're the first grandstand on the left. Okay. So it's pretty cool. We drove it Wednesday. Oh, really? We drove the track. We had friends in town from Seattle. Okay. And uh, he's an older gentleman, but he's uh, big in the car. So I said, you want to drive the track? <laughs> so we drove the track, then I took him to Goodbye and we went to the Mob Museum. We had a day. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, we had a day. Uh, so I'm kicking off a new uh, a project uh, this coming week. What do you got? I've been working on it for about eight months. I've kept it quiet. Okay. Um, I'm going to train Wait, off, we, offensive do we, linemen. Do we need breaking
2: news sounder here? Is this official? Oh, yeah. All right, I there like it is. that. Let's go to our on-the-spot reporter, uh, the, the head coach, Iron Mike Tice, with breaking news yeah,
1: here. Yeah, well, I partnered with South, South Point Casino uh, for the hotel rooms. Okay. I uh, partnered with the old uh, strength coach for UNLV, who you might know. Uh, Mark Felipe, oh yeah, Felipe. okay, yeah, yeah, uh, and some people that work for him, and uh, I've been working with Parks and Rec getting facilities and fields, and I'm gonna uh, send out on Tuesday to about 60 agents that I'm gonna have uh, up to six players. I'm gonna train from January uh, 8th mm-hmm. until February 9th. Excellent. Uh, yeah, five day a week program. Okay. And I'm going to limit it to six. Okay. And I'm going to have breakfast with the kids every morning at South Point. Okay. I'm going to have dinner with the kids on Wednesday nights. We're going to film stuff. We're going to train these young players, and hopefully they have a tremendous combine. Okay. And I've had some agents asking me if I'd do that for the last number of years, and I finally said, you know, let's give it a whirl. Yeah. The negative is, there's really only one negative. I have to be in Vegas and my granddaughter's in St. Louis, and we're usually back and forth every right. three weeks. Right. So I got a five-week stint without my granddaughter. And I might get the shakes. Okay. <laughs> so why six? Why five weeks?
2: No, no, no. Six, six uh uh, I think that's all I can hand.
1: I think that's a good start. Okay. So, you, you know.
2: You're talking about you, yourself. I know you're going to have an assistant or
1: two. I, but... I rented a premium SUV. I'm going to have breakfast with them, and I'm okay. going to bring them to Felipe's Place, Felipe's yeah. place, which uh, Mark's Place, which is uh, close to my home, right yeah. across the street from Silverton.
2: Okay. Right.
1: Uh, the hotel is right there by yeah. my house. I'm going to be hands-on all the way, uh, ordered... The equipment I needed yesterday from Rogers, maybe I'll get them to sponsor it. Who knows? There you go. And give me back my 680 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. Right. It's uh, I've been working the last three years at the NFL Alumni Academy, which for two years was in Canton and last year was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then the NFL Alumni Academy, uh, we would bring in players that were on teams, mm-hmm. released, And we're looking to get back in the league, and basically our job was to keep in shape. Yeah. I was the director, volunteer, director of development for three years. I'd fly in. There was uh, three-week sessions. There were five of them. I'd fly in for the first week of each session, be a new wave of athletes. There'd be about 50 kids. them the big speech. Hey, I was a free agent. You can do it. I can do it. 14-year career, never drafted. You can do it. Yeah. And I'd, you know, work the program put the practices together and had a blast. And so that's going to help me putting this thing together. I run a golf tournament, as you know, so I'm I'm, I'm easy with the logistics. I mean, putting together... Uh, three four rooms is a lot easier than getting rooms for 32 celebrities <laughs> yeah, that no I kid. brought up to Seattle this yeah. year right 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 so right. I'm excited about it Good, uh, man. I, I think it you know I just need players yeah. and so the keys are the agents and fortunately over my career I've met a lot of agents I maintain yeah. contacts with a lot of agents and hey I only need a couple of guys to have fun and and I'm gonna max it out at six so. seriously though you know? I
2: mean what what um aspiring NFL player or a tight end or whatever uh, offensive lineman would not want to be coached up by you. Seriously.
1: That's what I'm hoping. Seriously. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that yeah. they see. And I here do. in
2: Vegas. Here with, in Vegas. With
1: great facilities. This is done in other states. Yeah. This is done in Florida. Yeah. This is done in Texas. Yeah. This is done in Arizona. This is done in California. <laughs> no one's doing it in Vegas. Okay. Why not?
2: Put your stamp on it, brother. I like it. I was it. a risk
1: to do with Rod Woodson and DBs and Scott okay. Lanahan and quarterbacks and receivers. Okay. Too much work. Yeah. Keep it small. I like it. And then we'll see. All right. Well, good luck. Keep us posted with that. Definitely a extra gambling money. Yeah, that's
2: what I'm talking about, <laughs> my man, my man. Uh,
1: how you doing? I'm good, man. You I'm don't have that. the basketball. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we'll get a that little, must a, have been a fun, a little bit of downtime. But yeah, a great fun run. ride. Yeah, great, great run. So. Got a lot
1: going on at the Raiders.
2: Yeah. And they've got Raiders and you know. got UNLV tonight, a big game. Yeah, Wyoming. they're having a so great season. I'm going to go out they? there tonight because um, yeah. I haven't been able to to get to many to any UNLV games because I've been on the road and that sort of thing. So I'm actually looking forward to to that tonight. And then you know the Raiders stuff uh, been busy. And then you know Sunday against the Jets, um, looking forward to that. Not, I can't call it. Just like last week's game against the Giants, even though it was an easy win for the Raiders, I couldn't call it, knowing what was going to transpire, and and especially with the way both teams are. And then it's kind of like a mirror image. Don't you look at the Jets and the Giants? They're kind of mirror images of each other with just horrendous quarterback play, good on the defensive side of the ball, but the Jets really exceptional kind of on the defensive side of the ball. And what the Jets did to the Chargers Monday night was impressive, but man. Zach Wilson just being same old Zach Wilson. I don't know how do you call this weekend's game with with Sunday night football? Well, with the I, Raiders I, and the first Jets? of all,
1: I think the Jets are. Uh, I grew up a Giants fan, but yeah. I think the Jets are a better football team than the Giants if it's just because of the defense. Correct. I mean, they have yeah. an elite defense. Yeah, uh, that kind of didn't was an elite last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, I, I felt think sorry for them. They pl- actually played pretty darn well. They for the most part. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, yeah. you know, Herbert only had a QBR of sixty-five last week. Wilson's quarterback rating was better than Herbert, and Wilson was horrible.
1: So credit to the yeah. Jets D, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I think the Jets D is legitimate, mm-hmm. and that gives them a chance to be in every game, right? And and who knows what's going to happen with the caveman. You know he, he he you know he's he's hinting that maybe he'll be back in a few weeks. That would be unheard of. No, no. no. He's but, not coming you know, back, Maybe about I like Sailor. I like I like what he's doing. You know, uh, Antonio, congratulations to him. You know, um it's never a great thing cuz I did it when Danny Green uh sure. left uh because of his uh dispute with uh Brad McCombs and I coached the last yeah. game. It's never really uh, fun thing right but to see all that energy and to see all those players rally around uh, him congratulations i tried to sign him as a free agent linebacker when I was the head coach of Did the you? Vikings yeah yeah so i was going to send him a note and congratulate him but yeah it was great now can they maintain that energy that they had last week and can they uh and uh, not turn the ball over see it
2: worked out for you though I mean, going from in interim to getting the head job there, right, yeah. as well, yeah. too. You know, and it,
1: I, was I ready? Well, you know, they say, well, he wasn't ready. Well, is anyone ever ready? If, right. if you go from position coach to yeah. head coach, yeah. are you ready? No, you have to learn a lot of yeah. things. You let, know?
2: Me, let me ask you, so that you went through that and coached the last game of the regular season, and here Antonio is basically the midway point of, of the right. season. How different is that to take over a team, even though – playoffs is a long shot, but still, like Mark Davis says, hey, you know, we, we, we're we still playing like there is a shot here, but to have basically eight games to kind of prove yourself in comparison to you with one, yeah. and we've seen a lot of coaches maybe get one or two at the end.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, it's a unique situation, yeah. uh, which has already kind of been done here, right, with the Gruden thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to depend upon are they going to be able to improve as a team and 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 visibly show that they're better with the change? And then I think that's going to give him a chance. Because look around the league. You know, these guys, look at Detroit. These guys are these tough guys uh, and are now head coaches in the league are doing extremely well. Why? Because you uh, get the attention of the players as a former player. Then it's your job, once you get their attention, to keep their attention. Okay. And let's see if Antonio can keep their attention.
2: It's always kind of easy to play off that adrenaline and emotion the first week until something goes wrong, right. until the turnover bug comes in, or here come the penalties start to arise, or if you have a, have a bad game. And it sounds like you know Antonio Pierce a little bit just from like the playing days and, and, and that sort of thing. Um uh, Talk about, is he the guy you think that can maybe sustain this team and keep that mojo working from what he did last week to the rest of the season?
1: I, I absolutely do. And I know um, I know that uh, the coaches, uh, the, I know a couple of the guys uh, feel bad that it happened. Um, you know, the head coach that, you know, left was an extremely hard worker and um, but something was missing. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Something was missing. Let's see. I hope so. Uh, you know, Antonio was a tremendous player, won a Super Bowl, tough guy, intelligent, well-spoken. He's got all the right traits to be a head coach in the National Football, Football League. So let's see how, you know, it pans out for him. I wish him all the best. All right.
2: Mike Tice joins us. The former coach with the Vikings and 14-year great career in the NFL tight end let's talk about those vikings josh dobbs what is 15 in the last i don't know year and a half or whatever it's been with three teams this season alone talk about him coming in uh not knowing much of a playbook comes in the game last week leads the vikings to victory now he has a full week under his belt how good can this guy be with this team that already has some pretty good weapons
1: well uh they're starting to play better on defense you know um I mean, look at their record. They, they have an over 500 record. I thought it's a shame what happened to the quarterback because uh, he was playing the best football. Kirk was playing the best yeah. football he ever played in his life. And it's just a shame. You know, you wouldn't wish that on a team that you're not rooting for. And, of course, I'm rooting, everyone knows, for the Vikings every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how good. I know. I don't want to jinx him, but I know he has fumbleitis. And last week he was clean. Yeah. Um, can he maintain that cleanliness, you know, so to speak? Uh, I hope so. You know, Daniel Hunter's having a great year. I mean, he's sacking everybody. And so the defense is starting, in my opinion, the defense is starting to come around. Uh, they had the turnover bug earlier in the year, as you know, and it seemed to have settled down. Yeah. But then you look down at some articles and you read some things and see, uh, Dobbs is a fumble machine, you yeah. know? And yeah. so hopefully, knock on wood, that doesn't happen.
2: All right. right, uh, let's talk about the Lions. This is a team that, you know, continues to, to impress for the most part. Like you said, just a, uh, got a fiery coach. They got some nice pieces in the puzzle. Do you still, are you a, a Jared uh, Goff believer or not? Because I was still uh, always going to have that doubt about him. I say at some point in time, You know, if you're betting on the lines, you're going to get golfed, okay, (laughs) at some point in time. But has he matured? Do you see a difference in his game? Or does he have that propensity to revert back to the old Jared Goff that we saw early on his career?
1: You know, a couple weeks ago, he did a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and they looked horrible. Um, They lost the game. He's managing the game well. He's got some good pieces around him, tremendous amount of speed on that football team. Yeah. O-line seems to be playing pretty well for him. It's just a matter if they get in a tough game with a really good defense, is he's going to make that mistake. And I can't tell you yes or no yet. Still got a lot of big games to go. And uh, they have a big game this week. So we'll see what happens.
2: You know, as you know, Lion fans they're always kind of looking at the glass half empty yeah.
1: because of – Why
2: not? Hey, why not, right? And, you know, I know quite a few Lions fans, and they're still saying, hey, hey this is great, but, you know, we're hey, just waiting for that hey, other It shoot, wasn't right? that long ago that they didn't win a game. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, how do you view this team? I mean,
1: how far do you think they could go? Defense is playing better. Um They've got a tremendous amount of speed, like I said, and 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 the head coach uh, has them all believing. And I love Dan. He's just reminds me of a younger me, but yeah. probably a better coach than I was. <laughs> uh, I'm happy for him, and uh, I'm happy for in the direction they're going. But you can't have those games where everything looks absolutely horrible. Uh, you can't have those in there if you're gonna if you're gonna do something. Right. You know they're in first place right now. Uh, you know who's who's gonna who's gonna beat them mm. in that division? Green Bay. Speaking of turnovers, they look like doo doo. <laughs>
2: um,
1: the Vikings. You know playing. Yeah. If if not Dobbs, they're going to be playing the rookie when he comes right. back from yeah. uh, concussion protocol. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, Chicago. Detroit's the team, and it is. Uh, let's just yeah. see if they can. Stay healthy and maintain that for all those Lions fans out there, which I know a bunch of them, uh, and not, you know, screw it up.
2: How much pleasure are you having seeing the Packers struggle?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, of course, uh, you you enjoy that, uh, and they're not a good football team. That, no. that, well, they're the best. Right now, the football team is on defense. Yeah, they have some good numbers in some areas that I look at. Yeah. You know, red zone scoring and, yeah. and turnovers and, but the uh, the quarterback, I don't know that he's the answer, man. Um, you know, I think it's uh, yeah. uh, I can't believe they tried to run uh, uh, a Rogers out of there for this kid.
2: It, it was insane. You know, when they drafted him, I said, I saw this kid play at Utah State, and I'm going, he was mediocre at best. At Utah State, you know, didn't do anything to, I don't know what they were seeing with that, but it just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And again, we've seen, you know, other teams, you know, do this as well too. Niners with Trey Lance fell in love with this guy and was like, oh, we really don't want to get, we, we believe in this guy. I don't know what you're believing, but Jordan Love never really showed anything to me. From early on, so I don't see it. it,
1: it no, I, I don't see it. At just all. like the kid that they bench in Atlanta, I don't see the kid out of Cincinnati. I don't see right. it. My son loved him coming out. Yeah. I just don't think he's the answer either. Uh, exactly. I mean, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> Stroud, <laughs> Stroud looks good, man. Okay, he looks good. You're right. But are
2: are are you are you thinking that that he's going to fall off at, at some point in time too, or? Are you seeing that, okay, this guy has the intangibles to to make this a, a big time career for him?
1: So far, I say yes, but let's okay. see if the turnover, the turnover right. bug bites him right. You know? The thing about the National Football League is <clears throat> defenses always catch up with offenses. offenses you know do some mystical, magical things, and, and then once there's enough film in the can for the defensive coaches to look at, they can stop. Any anything right. you know yeah. uh, then those teams that are one dimensional or can't adapt are the ones that struggle look at the 49ers right now right they right. can't get out of their own way yeah. until this week well yeah well <laughs> we'll see, <you> know, <laughs> right. we'll, see. We'll, we'll see you know all right uh, they, they got a they're going in there and playing a, a, a tough team you know
2: how you handicap the Packers and the Steelers this week
1: my pick. I told my wife, uh, uh, Diane. Uh, yep. My pick of the week is the Steelers. I picked them in our little thing. Yeah. But it's it's the one that the game I'm. Okay. The game I'm going to see. Have, I
2: shouldn't have given the spoiler game. I'm going to have action I, I, on. I, I didn't have I didn't have your best bets uh, in front of me, so I didn't know you you had the Steelers. Or I, I wouldn't have said anything.
1: So. No, right. no, no. I I'm fine with that. I just think that the turnovers that the Steelers are creating right now. Yeah. Are going to be just. uh, I mean, they're create they're creating a a vast amount of turnovers, and and you know the quarterback. I like the quarterback uh, for the Steelers. They just can't score any points. You know,
2: and it doesn't make sense because Najee Harris is a top notch running back, and you know Pickett. We've seen signs where he should be able to lead an offense to you know decent point production. And then you got the kid Warren uh, to go with Harris in the backfield. I love that guy. And then you got some wide receivers. They're still young, but
1: I think Mike does a great job. He's a tremendous football coach. He's been there a long time. He knows how to win games. He's not worried about uh, uh, finesse and fancy. Uh, I just read that the starting tackle, a rookie tackle for Browns, is out this mm-hmm. week too, right. and they and you got Watts to go against, you know, and and the Steelers are plus eight in the turnover ratio, and they have created this season takeaways. They have created fifteen or six, 16 turnovers this year. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, that's that's hey, real big. Hey, it's great for my Who friends? leads the league the in, in, in Turnovers. You're going to die when I tell you. You'll never guess. I'll never guess. No. Okay. That would probably be uh, the New Orleans Saints. Th- not a shock. Can you that, believe yeah, that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I like their defense. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. doing really well. They're keeping yeah. them in every game. And yeah. Carr looks like he's starting to settle in a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he really does. Yeah. You know,
2: they're still not really getting anything from the running game, though, you know? Nothing. Nothing at all.
1: No, no. And they're not the only one. Look at Buffalo. They're not getting anything. I from know. Them.
2: He is the head coach, Mike Tice. He's in the house with us here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook. We come back. It is best bets time. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician, Aha. the doctor, T.C. Martin. Aha. Back here at the Westgate inside the Superbook, T.C. Martin, Mike Tice jamming a little Earth, Wind & Fire. I saw them last week.
1: June, well, last good, weekend huh?
2: they still they're still doing it still got it.
1: I saw the horns uh, Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns at the Bootlegger Monday night and they did they opened up with about four songs from Earth, Wind and Fire. Now, kid, that sang it was phenomenal. Ah, oh, see, now, absolutely phenomenal. See, I expect to get played next Monday time. Nights. They're pretty damn good. I have heard that. Now, yeah. I forgot all about they that. They are you? wonderful. Okay, yeah. And the name of the group is I think it's Santa Fe and San... the Fat City Horns. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of uh, Las Vegas. There was, I counted, there were sixteen of them in the band.
2: Sixteen, I they love were, that. I love it. Too. Give me the brass, baby. Oh, I so love
1: good. the brass. So good,
2: brass and, and percussion. I went
1: to get them dance. My wife said, "Don't you dare." Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, hey before we get into the best bets uh, obviously the news and we, we've been talking about the last couple of days and then we led the show off with the announcement today that the uh, big 10 has banned jim harbaugh from the sideline for three games over the sign stealing uh mike tice is, is joining us trevor manage uh is also joining us uh espn college football and of course trevor our guy and trevor and i talked about this at length uh going on wednesday but but Mike, I want your thoughts on this as far as the the punishment goes and there's differing opinions out there about how serious that this actually is with sign stealing, using electronic means and that sort of thing. You coached, you played, uh, g- give, give me your take about this and
1: how how, how big a deal is this? You know I I don't personally think it's a big deal. Uh I think uh in football, you know, we were trying to steal signs for years and years and years, trying to steal signals for plays, trying to steal signals for substitution groups so you can be ahead of the curve. You know, nowadays it doesn't matter if they substitute, they hold it, they let them substitute, change things. But the only way I would have an issue is if they tapped their uh, headphones and they were listening to them actually call the plays. To me, you know, like I think Belichick got caught doing that or something, uh-huh. uh, or, or interfering with the actual headphones and that, that would to me would be the only reason why he should be in trouble beyond that if they didn't do that I don't really care
2: mm-hmm. Trevor you we talked on Wednesday and then we get the word a couple hours ago that uh, uh, the suspension has come down. Uh, give me your thoughts when you, when you heard the decision today
0: uh, three games huh
2: yeah yeah well those three games are at Penn State at Maryland and
0: at home against Ohio State. So we're about to find out how valuable Jim Harbaugh is as a head coach on game day. Uh, I tend to think, if you just keep it straight on the field, that the Michigan players will rise up to take ownership of this thing, and it actually could be a positive thing. Um, so from a standpoint of on the field, um, you know, it could be bad, but it actually might make it better for the Wolverines, because they right now feel like they're, they're in a bunker and everybody's out to get them, and for whether or not... What happened is bad enough to warrant that. It doesn't matter. That's the feeling of the players, and that actually is doing the players a big favor. As far as the punishment goes itself, to me, there's two separate things. One is the bad scouting and using electronic means to steal signs and things like that. That's banned by the NCAA, and by definition, that is against the sportsmanship bylaws of the big 10. So I get that part. Um, but, but Mike makes a good point that, you know, it, that a lot of that stuff is going on. The question is, did the illegal sign stealing turn into a competitive advantage for Michigan on the field? In other words, did that sign stealing turn into play calling that, they were able to do, so they would see the, uh, the sign being signaled in, uh, to the opposing offense, let's say. And then the defensive coordinator would call down to the sideline and tell them to signal in real fast the defensive play to, uh, to counter what they're doing. If that was happening, then that competitive advantage, uh, is, it, it can be huge. And here's the way I have to see it. I have to see it that Michigan's players are not at fault. They don't have anything to do with it. But they aren't the only players on the field. The other players deserve the right to have a fair competition with Michigan. And if they use illegal unsportsmanlike means to get a competitive advantage, and if that part of it gets proven then I think it is a massive thing because it it affects the experience of opposing players. It affects the careers of opposing coaches sometimes. I mean, the to me, that's kind of like if, you know, this is just purely hypothetical, but if I'm playing a team that didn't realize that their their own training staff was lacing their pregame meal with some sort of performance-enhancing drug and they all came out, you know, with an advantage because of that, that I didn't have, I wouldn't say, yeah, well, they didn't know it's not their fault. You know, this is why the important thing here is not just was the scouting, event scouting happening. What's important is, in my opinion, did it get onto the field in the form of a competitive advantage? And the coach being suspended for three games tells me that they don't have evidence that it did. Mm.
1: Yeah, and then and it doesn't matter, Trevor. This is Mike. That uh, he's not on the sideline against my alma mater Maryland because they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, they did give up fifty-one points to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's right. <laughs> my alma mater right now, and your alma mater. We're not. We're not, we don't have bragging rights this year. I went to BYU, and boy, the Mighty Cougars are uh, struggling as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. There they
2: look go. good early, though. All right. I won't talk about Sac State, okay? There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sac State, Cameron Scadaboo. That's right. Transferred from Sac State to Arizona State. He's one of my favorite players in college
2: football. Well, you like He's his Arizona name. Hornets. You just like his name is what you like. Scadaboo. He's great. Listen man, I saw him, uh, on a, on a highlight when
0: he was playing for, uh, for Sac State, uh, he picked up like a turnover on a kickoff or something like that and he was running it into the end zone. And the other team was trying, you know, like six or seven or eight guys trying to drag him down and I said oh. on Sports Center that it was like a swarm of angry children. Trying
2: to drag down a building. oh boy, Trev. There you go. Well, yeah. yeah. In, in that in that uh, game, a uh, championship game against Incarnate Word last year, only like 120 points were scored in that game, uh, <laughs> at uh, Hornet Stadium, which you know very well, Trev. So we'll just leave it at that. It's time for best bets. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the Best Bets. It is time for our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Trevor Manich, the head coach, Mike Tice, our special guest this week. Trev, kick us off real quick. Let's get into the college. Go. All right. College. So,
0: uh, Arizona is at Colorado, laying ten and a half points, and I like Arizona. They are better than Colorado, top to bottom, and they've got tons of confidence. Colorado? is in in a really bad state mentally. All that confidence that they had early on, all of a sudden things are breaking apart. You know, we don't even know who's going to be calling plays for him because the offensive coordinator for Colorado seems to have been demoted, but now maybe he hasn't been. We're about to find out. Noah Fafita, the quarterback for Arizona, has been just fantastic. He's got great receivers to throw to, and that offense is getting a whole lot of love. But really, the defensive line is the strength, of this Arizona team. And I think they're just going to overwhelm the Colorado offensive line. Plus you add to the fact that Shadur Sanders, Colorado's quarterback, uh, is banged up now. Uh, I think it's going to be a long, long day for Colorado. Even though Arizona has Utah coming up next week, hey, they just beat three teams in a row that were ranked at the time they played them. And I don't think there's, they're so overconfident that they're going to let down. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take care of business. So, uh, Ben, Michigan is at Penn State and I can make a good case for either one of these teams covering the spread. Michigan's laying four, or, or, you know, that's the last I looked at it. But I'm going to go with the under on this one. The reason is both teams are elite. You know, in in many of the most important defensive metrics, they're either one or two uh, in the nation. Penn State's offense, when you watch them on tape, wildly overrated. They've only got one receiver that really you have to worry about. They have two really good running backs, but their interior offensive line just gets beat all the time in pass protection and in run blocking. And the quarterback drew Aller for all of his potential is not realizing it when he's under pressure, he's not good and he can't throw the ball down the field and complete anything. I mean, against Ohio state, which is the only team that matters because Penn state does score a lot of points. And, uh, you know, and they throw a lot of passing touchdowns, but what they do is they overwhelm, um, lesser defenses just with the, their size and strength, basically. Ohio State was a fair fight and they lost that game. They only scored 12 points, but Aller only threw, he threw eight passes against the Buckeyes that traveled 15 or more yards in the air. He only completed one of those eight passes. And that is normal for the entire season no matter what the defense. Aller is one of the worst in the country at completion percentage of throws 15 or more yards in the air. Well, that wasn't good enough against Ohio State's defense. It won't be good enough against Michigan's and I think they're going to get held down. On the other side, Michigan's running attack is not doing as great as it seems. I mean, they're averaging about four yards a carry over the last three weeks. I think Penn State's defense is going to hold them down too and I like the under on that one. Then, but Arizona State is at UCLA. UCLA's laying 17, and I don't know why it's not well over 20. UCLA has had their problems on offense, but their defense is still one of the better defenses in the country. Sun Devils don't have anybody left. I mean, they're just out of people. I mean, they've been rotating in their four string quarterback, and the, he doesn't play well. Then their injured third-string quarterback had to go back in while injured. You know, this was against Utah. It was just just horrible. Their their top four offensive tackles are out. They got completely annihilated by Utah, even though they had done well with those injuries, just basically with a bunch of fight and good coaching in the previous run of four games. It all came home to roost against Utah, and the defense of UCLA is on par with the defense of of Utah, meaning it's elite. And so I think there's one elite unit on the field, the UCLA defense, one pretty good unit on the field, and that's UCLA's offense, and one unit, the one team, Arizona State, that is just absolutely out of people. And I think that UCLA won't have to score a whole lot of points to
1: cover that 17.
2: I don't think I've ever heard the term out of people on an 80-man
1: college football roster, but I love it. I think That's he's right. meaning out of people that can play. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right. Mike Tice, give us your three best college players. All right, I'm going to stick with Kansas, number 16 Kansas. Uh, they're going to play Texas Tech. Texas Tech, uh, you know, really battled against Oregon 38-30. I know there's uh, the quarterback Daniels is out again uh, for uh, Kansas, but Jason Bean has done a nice job filling in for him. I'm going to go with Kansas in that particular game. Uh, I know they're a little banged up up front on defense. Our but boy Leopold from Wisconsin. Yeah, he's done a nice Coach. job. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to get into that Michigan uh, and the Penn State game too, Trevor. But I'm not going to stick with the under. I like I like Michigan for a lot of reasons, and one of the reasons is. Uh, Penn State can't throw the ball deep, as you mentioned, and uh, I think Michigan's going to be too pissed off. So I like Michigan uh, giving the points. Uh, I I tell you, Utah-Washington, that's going to be a great game. Utah has only lost in the state of Oregon, or to the state of Oregon. They've lost to Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, They're better at home, I think Utah is, but... Can you keep up with that, that machine that Penix has and those three wide receivers? They're going to have 3,000 uh, yard rate receivers. I can't remember the last time that was done. Trevor, you might be able to remember. Uh, so I'm going to mm-hmm. go at Washington on that. And those are my three college picks. You got it.
2: All right, guys, I'm going to go um, uh, some dogs today. I'm going to go three underdogs. We're going to bark some dogs. Now, I'm going to start with Missouri against Tennessee. Mizzou played very well last week at Georgia, narrowly losing. But I was very impressed and have been impressed with quarterback Brady Cook for the most part this year. Uh, He's had four games of at least throwing for 340 yards. Tennessee, on the other hand, has some narrow wins. They lost two out of three of their road games, and Mizzou is better than most people think. I think Mizzou wins this game outright. I think they're going to be revved up, fired up, ready to go, and possibly a little bit of a letdown for Tennessee in this contest. Give me the Missouri Tigers in this one. And then I'm going to keep that trend with UCF at Oak State. Oak State. Was is still sky high from beating Oklahoma in Bedlam last week, uh, their arch rival. And I think this is a really tough spot for them. And Central Florida can move the ball. They're hungry for a bowl bid. And I'm still not sold on Oklahoma State and their quarterback situation. I just think this is a really good spot for UCF. And Oak State has that letdown. And we know that UCF can get up and down the field as well. So give me the Golden Knights there. And then finally, I may take a little heat on this one. But I'm just going to go to general logic here, guys. I think this line is out of whack. I'm taking the USC Trojans now up to 16 against Oregon. I understand Oregon is the toast of the Pac-12. But USC still has tons of talent, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Heck, they still have Caleb Williams, who's done everything for this team. They fire their defensive coordinator. I know not much can probably change their schematically, but I just think they're going to see a little bit better of a defensive effort. And USC, with their back against the wall, I think they're going to show up. Too many points here, getting 16. Remember, the Trojan offense has scored 32 in every conference game. No way this game should be this type of a line. I think it will be close. And here's the big thing, too. Running back Bucky Irving is questionable, and he is the bell cow for Oregon on offense carrying the football. So give me SC plus all those points. Trevor, hit me with the NFL. Yeah, I think it's real quick, just to support what you just
0: said, the, the problem with UCLA's defense is not talent. It's that they fight to get to the football instead of fighting to get to their assignment. Too much emphasis yeah. on takeaways and not about gap soundness. With the new defensive coordinators, I'm sure they'll tell the guys, don't worry about the takeaways. Let that come to you. You stay in your gap. And if that happens, it'll be more of a fair fight. All right, NFL. Great point, um,
1: Trevor. Great point. Y- yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Giants, uh, are at the Cowboys and Cowboys are laying 17 and that's a college spread. That's a big college spread, but you, you gotta take the Cowboys on this one. I mean, Dallas beat them 40 to nothing the first time they played. And the thing about the Giants is that, you know, they're, they're also kind of running out of people as well who can play. Mike, the, uh, you know, their quarterback, Daniel Jones, got hurt early in the Raiders game. So they're with that pick and, uh, they're also without their top receiver who's their tight end. Uh, he's a, a, name that some people around Las Vegas, I think, will know pretty well. Darren Waller. And, uh, he, uh, but he's on injured reserve. So, you know, the Giants are going to be starting Tommy DeVito, undrafted rookie out of Syracuse at quarterback. And it's hard for me to imagine how they're going to score. I mean, anything. I mean, if they score 10 points, I'd be pretty, pretty, uh, surprised. So I'm taking the Cowboys and laying the points. Colts are playing the Patriots in Germany. Uh, I like the under at 42 and a half. Because the the Patriots are the second worst scoring team in the league, second to the Giants. Thank you very much. And the um, and really the the Patriots bring into this game probably the worst wide receiver core in the league. The Colts may have the worst secondary in the league. So that's going to be an interesting little matchup. I think it's going to add up to uh, the Patriots are going to try to run the ball. We know the Colts are going to try to run the ball. And I, I think that they're going to run the clock down. And I don't think either quarterback is going to be able to get a lot done. Minshew is a turnover machine when his running game isn't working for the Colts. So I'll, I'll take that under. Then the Packers, uh, Steelers, it's another under I like. It's under 38 and a half. The Packers haven't scored more than 20 since week two. I don't think Jordan Love is going to get well at the Steelers, and the Steelers' offense really has been uh, second fiddle to the defense all year. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I think it's actually going to be pretty ugly to watch. Take the under.
1: All right. Mike, what do you got? Well, I got uh, my old Seahawks at home against the Washington Commanders. Washington's given the ball away 14 times. They're both about the same in red zone scoring, red zone defense. But I I think I like the Seahawks at home this week. I look for the quarterback to bounce back. Uh, I'd take the Seahawks in that particular game. And then I had to pick the Ravens against the Brownies. Uh, Ravens are number one in scoring defense, number six in scoring the only thing they're dead doing wrong is they have nine fumbles. But the Browns, 17 giveaways this season. They they just can't. And I don't think the quarterback is uh, what he used to be. And right now, anyone that has to go against Lamar Jackson is not going to look great. I'm taking the Ravens in that particular game at home. And my pick of the week, I talked about earlier, I love the Steelers this week. I really do. I think they're going to beat up on Green Bay in, in Pittsburgh. They've created 16 turnovers this year, and I think there's a bucket full more coming again this week.
2: Alright, that's a Viking guy, picking against the Packers. You gotta <laughs> love that, don't you? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Cincinnati in Houston. Uh, the Bengals are really rolling right now. We know they got injuries at wide receiver. T. Higgins is out. Don't know uh, if Jamar Chase is gonna play, but I'm still gonna back the Bengals in this one. This team knows what it's like to play meaningful football in November, and Houston doesn't. See, D.J. Stroud, hey, he can come back to earth a little bit for me here. I know he's been fantastic. And Houston's comeback win against Tampa Bay, mm, that was something else, but I look for a little bit of a letdown. Let's remember, this is the same Houston Texan team that nearly lost last week. This is the same Houston Texas team, Texas team that lost to Carolina earlier. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons, and they lost to Indianapolis. They're going to lose to Cincinnati. No question about it. It's just a matter of how much. And then... My best game of the week. I'm going right back with San Francisco after the bye week. They're laying three against Jacksonville. It's a short line for the Super Bowl contender. I know they've lost three in a row. They're going to snap out of this thing. They are regrouped. They're starting to get healthy. Great spot for San Francisco. Finally, Buffalo and Denver. I'm expecting a big bounce back game from the Buffalo Bills. I'm still not sold on Denver. Uh, Home game, Monday Night Football. I believe Josh Allen is going to learn from his mistakes, play some mistake free football against that Broncos defense. And I think the flow is going to point away. We're going to finally see that. We saw against the Ravens a couple earlier. So give me the Bills. I'm going to lay seven at home. I don't think that is asking too much against this team. best so bets, are up on the website. Go check it out. Not only ours, but. Our professional handicappers as well Scott Sprites Marco D'Angelo you'll be the intern he's up there as well and we appreciate that Trev appreciate your brother have a great weekend and uh, your ESPN radio gig and we'll talk to you next week
0: all right thanks guys there right,
2: cover match Mike always great. To have you here, man. We got to have you here before uh, you take off again another three or four weeks.
1: Yeah, you got it. Anytime. I love it. I love coming down. You
2: here. got it. All right. And uh, I got to feel we'll be eating some food after F1, too. Yep.
1: Let's go, baby. Let's uh, go. I'm it's, in, baby. Appreciate you, man. All right, bud. All right.
2: My man, Mike Tice, in the house here. I want to thank Jay Cornegay, Trevor Manich, for joining us as well. Nunchuck back in the studio. And again, if you miss any part of this show, the past shows, go check it all up. The best bets are up there if you want to uh, cover it all weekend. Uh, We've been doing an exceptional job again our crew here, so go check all that out three best college plays, three best NFL plays, and of course, the great interviews up there, listen to the interview from with Lincoln Kennedy a couple days ago great stuff as we talk about the Raiders-Jets game on Sunday, get out, UNLV tonight against Wyoming at Allegiant Stadium and then Sunday, Raiders and the Jets Sunday night, football on the national stage looking forward to being out there, of course we'll recap all that and talk about that on Monday show, have yourself a fantastic weekend, TC Barton saying so long And we'll talk to you Monday at 2.